Chair, staff is ready when you are. Great, thank you so much. Let's get, let's get started. Uh, good evening. Uh, welcome to the Monday, February 13, 2023 Sac Sacramento Community Police Review Commission. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Commissioner Bliss. Present. Commissioner Carter. Present. Commissioner Carter Martinez. Present. Commissioner Espinosa Salazar. Present. Commissioner Guerrero. Present. Commissioner Marion is absent. Commissioner Williamson is absent. And Chair Castillo Kring. Present. Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you. This meeting is virtual. And for members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and you wish to speak, raise your hand to provide a public comment when, the, when I confirm that the public comment um, is, is up. Um, if you are online, please click on the raise hand on the bottom of the screen for a mobile app. In the mo you can raise your hand by tapping the raise the hand option on the more tab. If you are calling by telephone, raise your hand by dialing star nine and then to unmute or mute dial star six. Speakers will be called on the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. We are first gonna do the land acknowledgement. So please rise for the opening um, acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal land. To the original people of this land, the Nissan people, to the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plain Miwok, Pat Patwin Wintu peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancher Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the native, um, may we, I'm sorry, may we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for the Sacramento's indigenous people's histories, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Okay, moving on. First of all, I just wanted to acknowledge that we have a couple of new commissioners. Maybe I would love to have an opportunity for them to introduce um, themselves to the commission. Welcome, really excited to have you participate. Um, as many of you know, unfortunately, we had some turnover. Some of the actual um, appointments were lapsed. And so we have new commissioners though. And I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to Commissioner Carter Martinez. Uh, good evening, everybody. My name is Kim Carter Martinez. I am commissioner uh, appointed by um, council member from District 5. And uh, during the day, I am the political and legislative director for AFSCME Council 57, which is a, a labor union. We represent public employees and I live in the community of Oak Park. And I'm very excited to be here and to do some good work with everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, we're excited to have you. All right, am I missing anybody else? Any other new commissioners yet? I think that is it, fantastic. All right, let's move on to our consent calendar, please. 
Our first business today is the approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the calendar? Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comment. Great. Do we have any commissioners who wish to speak on, the, on this item? Commissioner Guerrero. Madam um, Chair, um, I, I wanted to, and I, I don't think I'm the first commissioner to bring this issue up, but I think that the log in particular should not be on the consent calendar. Um, there's a lot of important requests there, and um, that log I feel is outdated. There are some things that I think we can also remove. So I think it's important that we go through the log, even though it takes some time, both um, to keep ourselves accountable because some of us um, committed to you know, do some outreach, but then also to review the requests that we have outstanding to SAC PD, to the city, you know, things change, we may remove a request. Um, so I just think it's important that we review those and um, to ensure that uh, there's accountability all around and that we clean it up. So um, that's my request that we consistently have that as a discussion item as opposed to um, uh, a consent item. Thank you so much. Yes, let's duly noted. And just, as a, and just as a follow-up, if we were going to remove it, then I'd like to have a conversation about it afterwards, but I know, you know, process. <laughs> Great. Let's go ahead and do that. And just, and just uh, in full transparency for everyone, I think this is an important issue to bring up. We are transitioning from OPSA to the city clerk. And so we are going to, our process is going to change a little bit. So we are going to set up a meeting with the city manager's office to kind of make sure that we understand what the process is going to be because we had a, a little bit of a different um, process with OPSA. So yes, duly noted, I'm making a note and just to make sure moving forward, the ask is that to have the approval of our log be part of not the consent calendar, but our regular agenda discussion items. Thank you, Chair and Commissioners. That was a recommendation I was going to make is that we take a look at your log and make sure there's nothing out of date. Great, thank you. Okay, so we're moving, removing that and we will go ahead and try to have a review of that. So I am guessing at this point in time, we do not have a motion to approve the consent calendar. Oh, Commissioner Bliss. Yes, and um, apologies if uh, I missed this. I wanted to just double check to see if, um, uh, or I also wanted to request that uh, going forward, uh, this is a, a follow-up request that I had made uh, last year, which was um, to also remove the um, uh, quarterly complaint activity reports uh, from the consent calendar to ensure um, that we can have a robust discussion on that as well um, and have that as a formal presentation from OPSA. Um, so I would like to uh, see that we or work with the city manager's office as well to ensure that we have that on the discussion calendar going forward as well. And that includes to the um, annual report that is typically presented to city council, uh, making sure that that is also included on the discussion calendar for the commission when it is ready. Thank you. So just to make sure that, and I don't have any other commissioners wishing to speak. Okay, so just to make sure that I summarize, 
what, what it sounds like we're doing right now is that we are not going to approve the consent calendar, that we want both of these items to be put on the discussion calendar. Adriel, can we do that for this meeting or do we have to wait? Sorry, I was trying to unmute myself. You, you can move um, the items to the discussion if you'd like to. Great, then motion to move them to the discussion calendar. You don't have to motion for it. You just take them off of the uh, consent calendar and move them to discussion. If Please correct me if I'm wrong, Mindy. <laughs> yes, I might recommend that you make a motion to approve the consent calendar with the exception of those two items, unless you would like to a separate vote on those, but we could um, discuss those now and then you could vote to adopt the consent calendar. Oh, and I apologize because there are three, and I apologize everyone. Happy New Year, getting reacquainted. There are three items on the consent calendar right now that are being proposed. Um, we would need approval for the minutes from last meeting. And that would actually, um, and then we also have the activity report, which we're moving to a discussion calendar and the actual log, which we're also moving to discussion calendar. Mr. Guerrero. Madam Chair, I move the minutes. Do I have a second for the minutes? Second. Fantastic. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll for the consent calendar just for the minutes? Uh, yes, Chair. And for the record, the motion was made by Guerrero and the second by Bliss. Is that accurate? That's thank correct. You, thank you. And items two and three are received and filed, so we will not need motions on those. So for item number one, Commissioner Bliss? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Abstain. Commissioner Carter Martinez? Abstain. Commissioner Salazar? Abstain. Commissioner Guerrero? Aye. Commissioner Marion and Williamson are absent. Chair Castillo-Krings? Aye. Thank you. Um, consent calendar passes. Can I just add, uh, Madam Clerk, can I get clarification on something? Of course. So Commissioner Williamson is still on the commission? Uh, let me confirm. Um, yes, Commissioner Johnson's term expired and um, Commissioner Williamson is a new term, is what my notes say. I can confirm that. I. Um, I'm a little confused by that. So yes, I would like to get clarification. Commissioner Bliss. Uh, from my understanding, I thought um, Commissioner Williamson's term technically expired and that Commissioner Johnson was replacing Commissioner Williamson. So it's the other way around is what I understand. You are correct. I apologize. Okay. No, no, thank you. We just, I, I know that we've been having some um, confusion about the terms and commissioners. So thank you so much. Great. Okay, so that is then moving on to our discussion calendar. Madam Chair, are we taking up um, the the two items first, the um, the log and the uh, report? I think that is my understanding. Madam Clerk? 
I believe that was what was asked for is that Commissioner Bliss wanted to discuss item number two, which is the 2022 quarterly for police complaint activity report. And then there was a recommendation um, by Commissioner Gatos to pull item three, the Sacramento Community Police Review Commission follow-up log for discussion. Right, and so maybe what I'd like to do is do um, the follow-up log for discussion. And then what I heard Commissioner Bliss say is want a presentation for OPSA. And I just wanted to make sure that I have, if somebody from OPSA is on the line, are they, are you ready for a presentation tonight? Sorry, this is Michelle from OPSA. I was trying to unmute myself. Um, actually, no, we're not ready for a presentation tonight, but that can be done at next meeting for sure. Thank you, thank you, Michelle. And so what I'm hearing is that for the complaint, for the activity report, we're moving that to the March meeting and that will be a presentation by OPSA. Hi, Chair, this is Dr. Watson. I need clarification on what you want a presentation on the quarterly report for. What type of presentation? Just a quick overview. I think in the past we've just got, gone ahead and included it as the consent calendar. And I'm gonna make sure, Commissioner Bliss, my understanding has been that we want uh, OPSA to just provide an overview summary at the commission meeting of, of kind of that report. That's correct, Chair. Um, I would just like to make sure that we are providing the public, uh, especially those at home who may not have like access or be able to read uh, the complaint report themselves, have an oral report uh, is along with the uh, document itself so that we can and also be like briefed on it as commissioners as well um, and make sure that we can uh, have adequate questions that go into um, this report. So have a robust discussion on these. Similar to what you had provided for um, city council when it comes to the annual report, would appreciate this uh, being just a regular activity with the commission. Okay, what I'll do is I will uh, meet with you all and talk to you all offline. The quarterly reports are very, very short compared to the annual report. So I'll get more clarification on what it is um, additional that you all are looking for. Really appreciate it, Dr. Watson. So I am making a quick note that you have a, a meeting with your office. Yes, ma'am. No problem. Thank you. Great. So then going back to the actual, the follow-up log. Commissioner Guerrero, any, any questions on this one? I know that we have a couple of items going back to 2019. And I think the last meeting, if I recall, we were going through and trying to figure out what actually has been, what we can take off or if there's an update on to what, where we are on some of these items. Yes, Madam Chair, I have some recommendations. I'm, I'm gonna go through all of them in one, you know, one, one full reco. And if uh, I would suggest that if the commissioners um, uh, disagree that they speak up and maybe suggest we keep an item. Um, uh, but if they agree, then just, you know, we're on record removing some items or agreeing on what the follow-up is. So first, um, there is an... Commissioner yes. Guerrero, I'm, I'm yes. sorry to interrupt. Just before we go move for, further, just for some of the newer commissioners, does everybody, does, does everybody, can everybody kind of see where the log is that we're talking about? And if not, I'm happy to make sure that everybody knows what we're talking about. I'm happy to share my screen, Madam Chair. That would be great. Great, and just, just for future references, Commissioner Carter Martinez, when you get the online agenda, there's links to it. And what you have to do is just 
in order to see the full thing, you can't, you can see the full agenda, but you cannot see the reports. You have to individually click on each one of them. And sometimes that's not self-explanatory. So Commissioner Guerrero, if you wouldn't mind sharing your screen and walking us through, that would be appreciated. Great, thank you. So here's this, let me make it a little bigger. Uh, let me see if I can make it just one. There we go. Um, you might not be able to see the whole thing, but um, so I am gonna, there's an item here uh, uh, having to do, oh, it's item number three. Um, by the way, we should possibly number these. It might be easier to <laughs> just to point at something, but this uh, RIPA report, I believe a commissioner was gonna reach out to DOJ and I believe that commissioner may no longer be here. So either a new commissioner has to agree to take it on um, or we ask you know, staff if they have that, um, they can make that request. Otherwise, I think we need to remove it. Um, and then uh, there is an auditor presentation. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Sorry, I wrote all these down, but again, it's hard if we don't number them. It's kind of, um, oh, the, the auditor uh, request. Uh, that presentation, it seems, was done on 2022, so we should go ahead and remove that. Um, the next is, uh, I think, uh, need to review proposed amendments to rules of procedures. If I'm not mistaken, we, it, we finalized that too. If it has And Commissioner, that's an item that's on tonight's agenda. Fields um, is also um, finalized. It may not have been the response we wanted, but I think it's finalized for now. So I, I think we can remove that. I will look to Commissioner Bliss if he disagrees. Um, I think the request on the Brown Act was also done, so we can remove that. Uh, requested ACLU presentation. I don't know if today's presentation um, means that we no longer have to request this, so that might need to be removed as well. Um, as you can see, I did read the agenda. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I think there was one more. Apologies. Give me just one second. Um, the request for materials to be emailed. Again, this was responded to, even though it wasn't to our request. Uh, it wasn't what we wanted, but it's been responded to. So unless we have something else, we can remove that. Um, uh, Uh, resend 88 and 59 uh, minutes to commissioners. I believe that was done. So I think we can close that. Um, and I think the hiring process is, might be listed twice if I'm not mistaken. Um, but if it is listed twice, we should just leave one. That is what I have um, as a feedback. And again, I, I would appreciate if, if folks disagree um, or have something new, if we can take it from that as opposed to every commissioner going one by one. Just my suggestion. So I agree. Commissioner Guerrero, why don't we do this? This is what I'm going to suggest just to make sure that everybody understands the changes that are going to happen. I think what we should do is for the March meeting, we're going to have this, um, our current log and all the changes that we're going to make to it, including the numeration, and make sure that folks understand, people on the commission understand what we're taking off. So it's pretty clear. So why don't I give you a call tomorrow so that we can kind of have that and get, the, get it on the agenda for next um, March? for the March agenda, make sure that everybody understands the different things that are coming off. Does that sound like everybody, does that sound like a plan, commissioners? And I have a couple of hands up. So I think it was uh, Commissioner Carter Martinez, then followed by Commissioner Bliss. 
Um, yes, just a general statement. Since I'm new, can we, uh, when we're using acronyms, can we say what they stand for since I'm new and I'm not familiar with the language? And then a specific acronym is what is RIPA? I'm going to ask our, our former vice chair, <laughs> Renee Carter, if she can pipe it because I forgot myself, but that's a good reminder. <laughs> good no, I can't. the Racial Inequality Something Something Act. <laughs> okay, thank you. And that's a great reminder for everyone, um, especially for some of our, the new commissioners. We are going to be having a few more appointed. Uh, just as a reminder, the follow-up lo log is an opportunity for commissioners to ask requests from PD or the city to make sure that if there's a question we want to put on there, that's the follow-up log is just to make sure that there is um, we're tracking and that there's accountability about the items that the commission requests, and that way we can come back because otherwise, as everybody knows. Two months from now, we may not recall what we asked for. So that's one of the reasons we the follow-up log is helpful. And Chair, I'm just going to pipe in really quick, just since yes. I used the term, it's the Racial and Identity Profiling yes. Act. Okay. <laughs> Thank Commissioner, you, Commissioner Bliss, yeah. then Commissioner Carter. Yes, um, was going to uh, add that in addition and uh, appreciate the changes along with that uh, to make sure that this is continuously updated. And I did in that regard with the presentation, wondering if um, we can have, um, also the city clerk uh, reach out to the DOJ or if we should, or still need to do that ourselves. But um, wanting to, uh, to regards to um, the ACLU presentation on AB 481, um, I'm actually would like to, uh, will be uh, coordinating with ACLU uh, to do that some, at some point this year and um, in coinciding with uh, the military equipment use policy update that we are still expecting from the police department, uh, which we hope, uh, which we know is going to be due no later than September, but um, still waiting to uh, coordinate that. We'll, we'll discuss that within the timeline for our work plan. Great. So, I guess because we do have a couple of changes that have to come back. So just we are just to recap for everyone, we are setting up a meeting with Dr. Watson and her team to talk about the complaint activity report presentation for the March meeting. And we are going to come back to the follow up log for the March meeting as well with updated with an updated log. Okay. So that is Everybody comfortable with that? That's items, that's gonna be now items, those two items. Looks like everyone's okay. All right, so with that, that begins the presentation for our discussion items. So um, Madam Clerk, can you please, I don't think we need to vote for this. So anybody on, do we have any public speakers on this item? Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comment on this item. Great. And then any other questions or comments from commissioners? Uh, point of order, Chair. I was, just, uh, mm -hmm. I was just curious to know if uh, we will extend uh, for uh, public comment uh, to from two minutes to three minutes. I didn't catch that if I because uh, I was breaking up earlier in the beginning. Um, I did make not sure. make that. No, not I did not make that um, announcement at the beginning of the meeting. I think moving forward, let's make sure that that is part of the agenda also so that the public knows. In the past, when 
I've changed it. It also catches some folks off guard. So I think moving forward, that is, and just for everybody here, um, we've been talking about extending the public, the public um, time that we give anybody who wants to comment from two minutes to three. So usually we make that at the beginning, at the top of the agenda, so the public knows. So not for this meeting, but moving forward, yes. Um, great. So if no other commissioners, questions or comments on this item, Commissioner Guerrero. Uh, yes, Madam Chair, I'm a little bit uh, unclear. Are we on item four? No, we're not on item four because now we have to renumber. Item four is the, it's gonna be a presentation. So because okay. we ended up moving these two items to discussion items, the numbering is a little different now. Okay, got it. So we just finished the log is what we just Correct. finished. Okay, yes. thank you. And this one is, we're not voting on it. So this item is just gonna right. be um, received and filed. Perfect, thank you. Great. Now moving on to, I guess it is item four. Um, great. So now we have, are moving, moving on to item four and this is an overview of the Sac Sacramento County's Community Review Commission. As a quick reminder for, uh, to everyone, the com the, basically the county has a similar commission to what the city does. And we've invited the chair, Kai Morton, to come and present and just to make sure that our commissions are starting to work a little more collaboratively and just are able to participate and work with the county more closely. Um, so with that, do we have Kaim Morton, the chair of the county community review commission on the line? Mr. Chair, I do not show for online. Uh, let me double check. I believe he, let me see if he was having trouble logging on. All right, well, let's see if he's able to log on. And if not, let's move on to our next item while we wait. So let's go ahead and move to item five. And this is, we're up for elections. So every year at our first meeting for the year, we have to elect a chair and a vice chair. And I would like to ask that, have your support for chair again this year. Commissioner Guerrero. Madam Chair, just in terms of process, are we doing chair first and vice chair, or are we doing them together, or? Why don't we, we do, why don't we do them together, and that way we can go ahead and, and take nominations for chair and vice chair, and then we can do the, the vote. Thank you, then I'd like to, um, I'm sorry to jump in front of my other colleagues, I don't know if they were, you're, everyone is welcome to make a motion, of course, but I would like to um, motion to reelect our chair and uh, vice chair, and it's my understanding, um, under the revised rules from the city that um, these positions and leadership uh, can can um, serve um, uh, at, at least a second consecutive year. Um, no more, I, I feel more should be okay. But uh, in any case, I'd like to make uh, that uh, motion to reelect our chair, uh, Graciela Casillo-Krings and our current vice chair, uh, Kian Bliss. And I would welcome a second. A second. Great. So with that motion, thank you very much. We are excited to keep working on, on this. And so with that, um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? I have no hands raised to make comment on this item. 
Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Guerrero. It wasn't going to be that easy, Chair. <laughs> I just, for the new members in particular, um, new member and newer members, um, this chair and vice chair have done an amazing job as former um, chair. Um, that's, you know, just this is extremely important work, and they've led us uh, led us through um, some difficult conversations. And I uh, remain hopeful that they would lead us through uh, lead us through um, some actual movement this year. I'm always hopeful. Um, so I really appreciate all your hard work, your leadership, and your constant communication with the uh, with all of us, and making sure that we kind of move forward in a cohesive um, way. So. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate the opportunity to serve again as a team and really kind of the first year, as everybody knows, and this is one of the reasons we were asking for additional time. It takes a little while to kind of figure out just how to, the process runs and everything else. And so we're hoping that this upcoming year, we're really hitting our stride and making progress in some of the things that are really important to the community. So I really appreciate that. So with that, um, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Thank you, Commissioner Bliss. Yes. Commissioner Carter. Yes. Commissioner Carter Martinez. Aye. Commissioner Salazar. Yes. Commissioner Ghetto. Aye. Commissioner Marion is absent. Commissioner Johnson is absent. Chair Castillo-Kring. Yes. Motion passes. Great. Thank you so much. So now following up on the, our next item in the agenda. Uh, this is item number five, no, item number six, the council rules of procedure and review. And I believe this is gonna be led by um, the clerk. I'll pop my PowerPoint, I promise to be quick. I know we're already well into our meeting. So good evening, I'm Mindy Cuppy, your city clerk. And in November, 2022, the city council updated the um, council rules of procedure. Since these rules apply to city boards, commissions, and committees and their members, I would like to provide a very brief update on the rules. So as we continue to uplift commissions to the same expectations, standards, and processes as a city council, I will continue to make sure you're aware of any updates to any rules that pertain to your service as a commissioner. Of course, this update should not replace reading the rules, which are part of your agenda package. So this council rules of procedure govern all city meetings, city council, city council standing committees, boards, commissions, and committees. And these rules are intended to transparently communicate clear and consistent rules of procedure and decorum such that council members, commissioners, and members of the public understand procedures so they can effectively engage in the city's inclusive decision-making processes. So um, in providing this update, if a commission had any rules specific to their body, um, I attempted to incorporate her here, and I did steal some few, a few good things. Um, so typically, separate rules of procedure are not likely needed, and if they are, cannot be in conflict with these rules. So um, council rules of procedure cover duties of members. Recognizing the stewardship of the public interest is of primary concern in working for the common good of the people of Sacramento. Conduct of members, which means put constituents first, treat each other, the public and staff with dignity, dignity courtesy and respect. Conduct of the public, to listen courteously and attentively to public comment, but make no promises to the public on behalf of the advisory body. Um, con the conduct of council with boards and commissions basically states that council members cannot participate in your meeting with the purpose of influ influence the outcome of your meeting. Meeting agenda states the order of each agenda so the public knows how to participate. And then conduct of meetings, decorum in chambers and how the public can participate and including that we're going to continue to offer virtual access to the public. So um, some dates, uh, some updates of note. 
um, includes how a member of the public may participate in a meeting via a teleconferencing platform, adds language that prior to an agenda item being brought to the City Council, it should be brought to any relevant City Board, Committee or Commission, and the staff report should include the Board, Committee or Commission recommendation, clarifies the order of agendas and public hearings, again, consistency across legislative bodies so members of the public know how to participate, it added that a continuation of a meeting past 9.30 p.m. requires a majority vote of the members present. Added that the purposes of the PNPE, that's Personnel and Public Employees Committee, um, that it review advisory body annual reports and recommendations prior to them being submitted to the City Council. Updated Chapter 17 regarding City Advisory Body vacancies and appointments to be consistent with Sacramento City Code Section 2.40. Added a provision that city advisory bodies should maintain a log of future agenda items, which is consistent with the city council and many boards, commissions, and committees. Um, outlined a standard and consistent process for city advisory bodies to annually report to the city council, and I'll talk a little bit more in depth in the future. So talk just a little bit about vacancies um, and appointments. Um, my update will mainly focus on chapter um, 17, which is about council established boards, committee, and commissions. Vacancies appointments is not a new process, but um, this document articulates how vacancies and appointments are made um, to city boards, commissions, and committees. So again, we mentioned this, and I think we already covered this this evening, request for future agenda items. So this helps staff, staff to capture and respond to any request for information or future agenda items. And for the new members of the commission, at the end of every meeting, there's an opportunity for, under ideas, questions, and comments to make recommendations um, for either future agenda items or requests for information. So again, city advisory bodies. Um, this states that each advisory body shall provide an annual report for review by the PNPE committee. Um, I will act as your liaison to collaborate with city staff to collect any additional information that may be helpful um, to the PNPE committee to evaluate. And then other recommendations outside the annual re review process sh shall also be coordinated with my office to have them brought before the PNPE committee, um, which may consider and act upon those recommendations the same way it does annual reports. So that concludes my presentation, and I'm available for any questions. Great. Thank you so much. Um, and do we have, Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Sorry, I'm doing dual duty this evening. We do not have any members of the public to make comment on this item. Great. And do we have any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I see Commissioner Guerrero. Yes, uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I saw that uh, there's a requirement of a year-end report. I was going to ask uh, who is responsible for creating that report since uh, we're a volunteer group. And uh, as far as I know that uh, even though, uh, yes, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> who creates that report? <laughs> so that report will be staff-driven um, with the approval of the commission. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I do anticipate this is a new process, so I anticipate working through this with all of our new commissions, and we'll likely start with um, a work plan for the upcoming year, and so next year will be really robust report back on what you accomplished based on that work plan. Thank you so much. Any other questions? Commissioner Bliss. Yes. Regarding that work plan, and uh, maybe this is something that we can answer uh, more in depth when we go through it. Um, is it under this new or under this new uh, rules of procedures that the work plan for boards and commissions is that expected of all boards and commissions, or is it just this commission? And also, speaks uh, specifically for this commission, is this uh, work plan intended to be a binding document? 
uh, or more of a guideline for like, you know, where our work is going to be focused in to this year? That's a great question. Um, it depends really on the commission. So uh, URAC is a great example, our Utility Rate Advisory Commission. Their, their scope is really to talk about utility rates. So there might be some projects that they want to engage in, um, and that will be, they would bring something before MP and PE and say, this is the work plan we'd like to do, and P they will work with P and PE to make sure that that's a priority of the council um, to move that forward. Okay, any other questions or comments on this item? No. As you can all see, we're still trying to work through some new procedures, and so bear with us. Um, and it, this is this does not require a vote, so this is just a receive and file. So we will move uh, to our next item. So our next item is item number seven, and this is our our own internal rules and procedures. And so everybody has a copy of that. Um, please take a look at them. And the reason we put it together, we started actually compiling some of this information a couple of years ago. And the reason was a lot of us, when we started on the commission, was it, uh, it was not very clear what rules governed our commission, how we run things, our procedures. Over the years, we've come to learn that there's actually a lot of um, items out there. As Mindy just discussed, there's actually the council rules of procedures. There's also the state law called the Brown Act, which governs kind of how a lot of our bodies actually work. And there's other, uh, other documents out there, um, and there's also city code. So just to make it a little easier for all of us, we wanted to kind of compile all of that information into one document, which is kind of the rules and procedures. It really kind of lays out our expectations for each other. It does not conflict with any of the city um, council rules. It's actually just something for us when we need to go back and have um, a document to reference. So for example, some of the things that are laid out there is our own elections. We have other things in there that is just important in terms of how we actually uh, communicate with each other. So just to clarify on that, a lot of the times I will receive a piece of information that I think is important for the commissioners to have, or another commissioner will want to share, you know, some a report or a news article. A lot of the times, because we only meet once a month, we wanted to make sure that we have a um, pretty clear process as to how we communicate with each other. So as you saw, if I need to communicate something or any other commissioner, I'd ask for you to do a couple of things. One, BCC all the commissioners, include Audriel, uh, who is our counsel uh, for the city, and make sure that you say this is for information purposes only, do not respond, because that way we're not in Brown Act violation, but at the same time, we're able to then pass on information. So as long as we don't respond, as long as all of the commissioners that are included are BCC, and please do not engage in, in back and forth discussion. If it's just for informational purposes, we are trying to disseminate information without violating the Brown Act. So some of that kind of just walking you through that is what this document is intended to capture. Any, any questions? Well, first we have to go to the public. And so that is this item, the rules and procedures. So we adopt it every year as a way of all of you understanding what is gonna govern us, how we wanna kind of continue our process and whatnot. So, with that, um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Chair, I have no hands raised to make comment on this item. Great. Any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Great. Seeing none, I think, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? 
Chair, do we have a motion and a second? Of course I forgot that. Um, can I please have a motion? Commissioner Guerrero? So moved. Do I have I'll a second? second? I'll second. Fantastic. Um, great. And with that, Madam Clerk, can you call the roll now? Yes, we'd be happy to. Commissioner Bliss? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Carter-Martinez? Aye. Commissioner Salazar? Yes. Commissioner Guerrero? Aye. Commissioner Marion is absent. Commissioner Johnson is absent. And Chair Castillo-Krings? Yes. Motion passed. Great. Um, and now we are going on to move. And you know what? I want to be respectful to ACLU before we get into the work plan. I really would like for them to present. They are volunteering their time to us, and I want to make sure that we're being respectful of their time. So before we move on to the work plan, which might take a little more discussion time, I'd like us to move to item number nine, and that is the ACLU is giving us a presentation. And so I'm going to go ahead and hand that over. Do we have our speaker ready? Elisa, are you, are you available? I'm promoting Elisa now. Great. I'm here. Can you hear me? Elisa, we can. Thank you so much for showing up on a Monday evening to give us a presentation. We're very excited. Thank you for having me. Um, should I screen share the PowerPoint that I'll be using tonight? Please do. Give me just one second to come on video. Um, good evening, all. Happy New Year. Um, so I'm going to try to keep it brief since I know you have other items on your agenda. Let me just confirm that you all can see my screen share. We can. Okay, perfect. Um, and I provided this to uh, the commissioners, to your chair and vice chair um, who can circulate and there's going to be some resource links that are clickable in the presentation so you all can easily access things that I'll be referring to after. Um, so there's about eight slides and I'll leave some time if there's immediate questions or follow up that you'd like us to bring back to you all. ACLU, if you all don't know, is was founded in our Northern California affiliate in 1934. We're an affiliate of the national ACLU, which was founded around 10 years earlier. We are, have a goal to defend and to preserve individual rights, liberties guaranteed to every single person in the United States by our constitution and the laws of this country. We are a nonprofit, we are nonpartisan. Since our founding, ACLU has been at the forefront of advancing and protecting our individual civil rights and liberties. My name is Elisa Victory, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a criminal justice staff attorney. I'm based actually out of our San Francisco office. And I do wanna acknowledge my colleague, Marshall Arnwine, who is based in our Sacramento office, who you all may have had a lot more familiarity with, and he has been very engaged in Sacramento for the past few years on these issues. I'm filling in for him today, but still feel free to contact me or him after the presentation. This is just an overview. I'm gonna talk a little about use of force policy in Sacramento in terms of timelines of the work you've all done, current use of force law, your current use of force policy for your police department, and then again, open it up for any questions and some closing resources. 
so this is a really a bridge timeline and y'all know even more of the details than me but a lot of this started with the killing of stefan clark by sacramento police in march of 2018 it brought a lot of attention to your city a lot of protests and a lot of discussion around how to make sure something like that never happens again my office actually provided a presentation on Sacramento PD's use of force and best practices on use of force law nationally, as well as looking at different case law examples. 2018 also was the year that our California State Attorney General began a collaborative effort to help identify police reforms in response to the Stephen Clark shooting. January 2019, California Attorney General's Office released phase one of their report. And that report had 66 specific recommendations for policy and for training for the police department. And I'll highlight just a few, sanctity of life being explicit policy in your use of force documents, prohibited use of force sections, clearly describe when and where force is authorized or not, mandating all that officers first use de-escalation tactics and establishing a use of force review board. Those were all in the first phase report. 2019 AB 392 passes, and I'll follow up in our next slides around what that is and what it did to change use of force law. AB 392 passes, and AB 392 is actually referred to as a Stephen Clark law and the act to save lives. So again, what happened in Sacramento has inspired statewide legislative change around policing and uses of force. The law passed in 2019 and it went into effect starting in January, yes, in January 2020. And a few other laws that also went into effect that same year was AB 1196, which bans carotid restraints and chokeholds. Those are specific types of uses of force that are now banned by those laws, as well as SB 230, which requires that you publish all use of force policies that you mandate de-escalation techniques be used and other alternatives to force when feasible. And again, I'll follow up a little more on what those laws say and there's links at the end of this presentation. July 2020, you had your attorney general give the phase two report. The phase two report from the attorney general's office again reiterated to revise the use of force language to make sure it comported with AB 392 standards provides the use of force policy to add an affirmative duty for officers to de-escalate situations and to conduct a comp comprehensive study into what the report describes as apparent racial disparities involving SPD's stops, arrests, and uses of force. And there was also recommendations to expand partnerships with mental health, social services, and other providers in the, in the city. 2021, your city adopted revised use of force policy language due to the work of this commission and many of the community stakeholders that provided their input and recommendations, including our office. So that's just a short overview of a lot of the work that you've done in the last four or five years to address use of force and police standards in your city. So I'll go just a little deeper into how the law has changed. So AB 392, again was passed 2019 went into effect in 2020 it changed the standard of deadly use of force so again there's general uses of force but deadly you know it's defined as you know force that's likely to lead to death or great bodily injury any type of force that involves a firearm and others in the statute and it is only allowed 
when necessary to defend against an imminent threat of death or bodily injury to another human being. And the standard that we apply, if this is going to court case, which one of the very first is going through Alameda County right now, is an objectively reasonable peace officer based on the totality of the circumstances. Every single word in that definition has very specific legal meaning, right, necessary, imminent threat. It can't be a threat tomorrow or next week. It has to be immediate in the moment. It has to be an injury to another human being, right, not to property, not to animals. And there's specific language about people who are a harm only to themselves, people who are suicidal or who may even call police to provoke them being victims of police violence. And there's very specific language that also comes into 230 that people who are only endangering themselves should, again, there should not be any lethal force that's permitted to be used against them. Again, wanna note that force bans, complete bans on categories of force and on certain techniques like chokeholds and carotid restraints were passed the same year in AB 1196 and also AB 490. AB 490 helped to expand the definition and codified it in the government code. It's also named after Angelo Quinto, who was killed in Contra Costa County while he was suffering a mental health episode. And he was forcibly um, basically pinned to the ground in a hold where he was then not able to breathe and never regain consciousness. And so I also want to name that so many of these laws and recent use of force changes were actually named after people killed by police and were inspired by their deaths. Um, so again, the laws and legislation that y'all are charged to implement and standards to use are about saving lives and making sure people are not violently harmed by police. Finally, SB 230 um, was kind of a companion that was passed with AB 392, but went into effect a year later. It required that you publish all use of force policy, right? Not every department had these available where we could read them, where people who are residents and citizens could read them. It requires that you make sure de-escalation techniques and other alternatives are, are required in the policy. And they have to have specific guidelines for application of deadly force and factors for reviewing use of force. So now I'm gonna to get to a little bit of the comparison. Again, these documents were shared with your commissioners if it's a bit overwhelming to review right now in the moment. And so I want to highlight just a few categories and these are different from the categories that we had presented on back in 2018. Um, want to note for under deadly lethal force, again, AB 392 changed the standard of when deadly or lethal force is permitted. The model language, um, which is from national consensus policy is below in the second row. Sacramento's policy, and I wanna be clear, y'all did so much work to adopt in the policy and the preamble and the beginning pages, paragraphs and paragraphs about AB 392, about its passage, about its intent and its purpose. And I just want you all to be very attentive that in every other place where you mention deadly and lethal use of force to be incorporating that same language and using the exact same standards from AB 392. So I see it that was added back in 2021's policy revisions that a lot of them focused on the opening language and still in all of the many instances that you talk about force options and when force can be used, that they all mirror each other. So just wanna draw your attention to that. Proportional force in model language policies, there are proportionality considerations that are required 
meaning that there's at least statements that says the type or level of force that you use must be proportional to the threats. That is actual, that is perceived, there are different versions. The policy uses a definition of what proportionality is, but there was still no mandate to say you have to use it or when you have to use it. So there's a clear definition in your policy and there's still want to be clear of when officers are supposed to use it and how they should use it. Prohibited uses of force. So as I mentioned in the attorney general's reports, they recommend that there be specific revisions to the use of force policy to include a section on what is prohibited, not just when you can use force and how, but there are absolutes that you cannot. And those are some of the bans right, that I just mentioned, that you cannot use carotid restraints. You cannot use chokeholds ever. right? It will violate state law. So your policy should not be violating state law. And we recommend being extremely clear by having separate sections that are literally titled prohibited uses of force. It can be prohibited weapons, types of force or restraints, but again, making sure that your policy is also mirroring state law and that you're being extremely clear on the inverse of when people cannot use any force. And again, the SB 230 and the Attorney General reports lay out some of those recommendations and model language. De-escalation requirements. I mentioned that a few times. SB 230 explicitly in the statutory language requires de-escalation be mandated in your policies. Again, your policy uses a strong verbatim definition of de-escalation, but I'm missing the affirmative duty and requirements of when and where officers must deploy those de-escalation tactics. So you have the language exactly as it is defined in the law. We still want more guidance of when officers, and I have model language that again is from the Attorney General's reports from post-use of force standards, um, which was revised in 2021, as well as SB 230. Um, just want to make sure y'all know that you're already on track, because again, there's several jurisdictions that don't have their use of force policies public. And this is a requirement that is now mandated by SB 230. Your policy is publicly available, as well as many other departmental general orders, even your use of force review board policy. So I commend your city and the commission on making sure those things are available, that people can see them, that advocates like ACLU can see them. And finally, your use of force review board. Again, the attorney general reports had recommended you all create this and you have, and there's a separate policy around the standards of review that are again required by SB 230 to make sure you have clear guidelines for how to use. I just want to remind the point that any changes to the use of force policy should also be mirrored in the use of force review policy so that the same standards that officers must act under are the same standards that the review board is going to hold them to. So I know I said a lot and I want to, I'll take some questions and just also want to flip to this is the very last slide. Um, these are all the assembly bills that I mentioned the Attorney General's reports, the post peace officer standards training, use of force standards and guidelines. This is from the California Commission, again revised the end of 2021, national consensus policy and discussion paper on uses of force. Um, we had provided recommendations from this resource back in 2018. The link that is here is from their updated 2020 standards. 
And I also really want to recommend that you all check out Organizada versus Pomona Police Department. This is actually a litigation case that you can read the complaint as well as the settlement that resolved the lawsuit. And this was about a city who was not complying with AB 392 in terms of its policy language, its written policy, that it was not meeting state standards. And so our ACLU Southern California affiliate brought lawsuits and is now working through the city of Pomona on this settlement terms where they're making sure they comply. So again, these are legal requirements. The consequences of not following them is everything up to litigation and lawsuits. And that's not a good use of your time or the city's time. So these are on the last uh, page of the slides that I submitted and will open for any questions depending on the time the commissioners would like to allow. I don't know if I should moderate. I see Commissioner Bliss's hand is up. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for this uh, uh, thorough presentation. I, 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 uh, I apologize, Commissioner. Before we go on, we have to ask the public first. So I apologize before we go on. Um, thank you. So, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Chair, I do not have any hands raised from the public to make comment on this item. Thank you. Now we go on to the commissioners. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Bliss. No worries. Um, yes, again, thank you, Melissa. I uh, appreciate the listing of, you know, what is suggested um, policy language versus, you know, like what could be added into that, especially around uh, making sure that there is affirmative policy uh, in order to use that. And I'm curious to know if um, I have a couple of questions here. One about the um, uh, what, like you know, affirmative proportionality considerations through force uh, might look like, and if there are any model jurisdictions uh, which we might uh, look to that language uh, to be included within our use of force policy. Um, thank you for the question. I I did work extensively on revising Oakland's use of force policy, and happy to send you that example and also um, probably Pomona's since they've revised a lot through the settlement. Um, so happy to follow up and send examples of their specific sections around proportionality and how they just have a lot more guidance on when it has to be used and not again, just having the strong definition, but throughout of when force options are available to say you should always be considering proportionality. Mm. Hope that answered your question. Yes, uh, would love to see that uh, that language. Um, I definitely agree that we need to make sure that it is affirmative uh, policy that requires the police department to use. One of the con uh, concerns that I have for even the current draft, which was last updated uh, back in December 2021, um, is that there may still be um, loopholes, basically, and particularly around the area of um, use of prohibited chokeholds, carotid artery restraints. Um, and I was wondering, one of our recommendations uh, from 2020 was to establish a zero tolerance policy uh, for, such offense, uh, for such an offense, a use of a prohibited uh, carotid restraint hold. And um, I just want to make sure that is synonymous with, um, you know, ensuring that there is an affirmative duty or requirement to using, like, to using that um, when it comes, like, you know, to prohibiting those uses or if... Um, there is anything resembling a zero tolerance policy that you notice within the current use of force policy? Um, I would say yes. Again, this is why we recommend having the express prohibited use of the force section, because again, there are some that are illegal, 
right? It's not up to officer discretion or reasonableness or officer necessity. You cannot use karate, right? Those are illegal. And those can open the city to a lot of liability, civil and criminal for that individual officer, right? If they're violating now, you're not allowed to even use this type of force. So you wanna make sure that um, your department is clear that these are prohibited. And we do recommend having clear language that this is zero tolerance because this violates state law, right? These are not options that the city can take a different position on whether to allow them or not. Appreciate that. And um, just for like the record, wanna add in like, you know, the suggested policy language that we have provided uh, within our recommendations, which includes no officer shall cut off a person's ability to breathe either by way of chokehold or carotid artery chokehold, knee or any other part of an officer's body that creates a grip around a person's neck that cuts off breathing or use of any control hold technique by an officer to restrain a person where the officer's act restricts breathing or has the possibility of restricting breathing or the possibility of cutting blood flow to the brain. This is a zero tolerance policy and violation thereof shall result in termination. I'm curious to know, you know, based on this um, recommendation that we have uh, currently before the city council, um, if there is like if this is model language or if there are any ways that that language might be improved to ensure that this is like a full zero tolerance policy. I'll probably have to follow up. I'd like to see the specific um, definitions that you were reading and I'd want to compare it to AB 490, which again, banned chokeholds, but also amended the government code definition of positional asphyxia, which is um, a very specific term used to refer to things that might asphyxiate you by cutting off your breathing. So it's kind of compasses a lot of things around sitting on the chest and other types of pressure points. So um, I think it already sounds very thorough. I would just still, you know, if you're looking for a model or best language to just compare it to the new definition that AB 490 created. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Uh, that's all my questions I have for now. Thank you. Thank you so much for presenting. Commissioner Guerrero. Good evening. Um, before I give my thank you and, and my question, or um, I just want to um, say that this is what happens when you work from home your daughter needs your attention and i just picked her up so i'm not going to apologize for her needing me but i was trying to be off camera and i know best practice is to have the camera on so i just wanted to share why i'm often on camera because i'm at home and my daughter needs me <laughs> um but i wanted to also just add my thank you to the aclu you've been an invaluable partner um i'm super fortunate to have worked with your office when i worked at cfa on ab392 and um uh, just the amazing um, uh, uh, work and uh, knowledge uh, and contributions, overall contributions to AB 392 and many bills uh, since then. And um, certainly your support here because pretty much in, uh, in a lot of the uh, policies that we recommend, oftentimes we've touched base with you and it's, it's been invaluable. So thank you for that. Please extend our uh, thank you to all, basically everyone at ACLU. <laughs> um, I did want to bring up, and I didn't see this on the log, but I'm hoping um, that um, uh, we can put something on the log. Um, so I acknowledge that um, the language that uh, Vice Chair Bliss put forward and you know, in, in adopting um, the language that, this, that the SAC PD has, they've adopted quite a bit, but not all of the recommendations that we have. So 
from my perspective, um, it would be good to know how training has changed since we've adopted this higher standard for deadly use of force. And so uh, I believe I had requested that at a previous meeting and looking at the log, which is another reason why I really think the review of the log is really important to both remove and ensure that there are things that we've requested um, that, that are there. But I'd like to ask the SAC PD um, to come and present to us specifically how training has changed uh, for officers since the adoption of the higher standard. And that includes uh, you know, providing us any material um, that they've amended uh, for the training with the adoption of that um, language. So that's, um, so thank you. And that's a request uh, for SAC PD um, to uh, share that information with us, how the training has changed, how the materials have changed since the adoption of the higher standard for deadly use of force. Thank you. That's great. Well, just thank you for your remarks and good to know that you're you know, doing your oversight work and bringing the police to update you all on how they're moving forward the policy changes. And you're not quite off the hook yet, Alyssa. We have one more commissioner, Commissioner Carter. Okay, thank you. For the record, if I recall correctly, the commission did include in our recommendations to the city council that SAC PD expressly put in their policy that carotid hold and any similar hold of that effect um, is prohibited. So we made that request and it's up to the city council to move forward and, and make a recommend, you know, either adopt or reject our request. But I believe if I recall correctly, it is one of our recommendations. So just Perfect. wanted to- Put I'm glad you all are already on top of it then. And, um, but also, it. I would like the name of the Oakland case that you said is testing the new standard. Um, I'm not sure the case name, but the officer is Jason Fletcher. Um, this was the killing of Stephen Taylor in San Leandro Walmart, um, I believe, around three years ago. Okay. Um, but you... If you go back to your office, you can pull up the case and send it to us. Um, I'll send you the case name. Again, it's the trial and everything is just starting to get calendared and underway. And this is in the first officer that is being charged with killing someone in the line of duty um, since AB 392 has passed. Okay. So again, it will bring in the new standard of law around whether force right was appropriate in this case. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of We'll see how the courts right treat 392 and apply it to this specific case. But yes, we can follow up with the case caption and any additional info we know about the upcoming dates in the court case. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all. Don't want to take any more of your time. I uh, just want to also say thank you for the great work that you all do as commissioners. I know it can be a labor of love. As you said, you're kind of in between residents and the city council who holds a lot of the real power to adopt your changes. Um, even though some of these are mandatory things that should be changed. So we just appreciate you for having us, um, for taking our input and for being this community oversight where you see other cities don't have this at all. They look to cities like you all and how they should be strengthening community oversight and public participation of their public safety system. Um, so again, just thank you all for the work, the hours, the time you spend 
you know, getting your own heads wrapped around the law and these really complicated issues that are constantly changing as well. So thank you again for having us. And I will follow up with the commissioners, with your chair and vice chair on the information you asked for. Really appreciate it, Olisa. I, again, second, everything my other commissioners have already said, the commissioners have said, really appreciate the partnership and the fact that you bring all this information to us, make sure that we're current and that we understand some of the changes that are happening with state law. Really appreciate it. And with that, we'll let you go and hopefully you can uh, have dinner now. Thank you. Great. And this is just another item that is received in file, so no vote is needed. And with that, we move to our last item of the evening. And this is going to be our, um, we're going back to item number eight. This is the Sacramento Community Police Review and Commission Work Plan for 2023. And so just to give everybody a little bit of context, especially for those who have not been um, working specifically on the document in front of you. One of the things that we are trying to do is make sure that we're organizing ourselves a little more. In the past, there has been a little bit of tension between PD and ourselves about the number of requests that are going to them. And because of the resources they have and also under, trying to kind of understand what the priorities for the commission are, they've asked us, not just PD, but the city council and the mayor's office has asked us to really kind of prioritize our policy areas that we're gonna be working on. One of the things that we're trying to do is moving forward, what we are recommending, and by we, I'm saying um, Commissioner Bliss and I are recommending that we adopt this work plan and really focusing on three items for 2023. So let me take a step back. There are two issues that are brand new or, or continuation of some of the work that we're doing. And the final thing is uh, in a group that is already um, kind of has started already, and we are working on the 2018 and 2021 recommendations. So just to give a quick overview on that work before I move on to some of the, the other work that we're gonna propose. Um, as many of you already know, over the years, annually, the commission puts forth recommendations to try to improve FPD. The whole reason the commission was created was to ensure that we were elevating the community voice and that we were being um, basically holding PD accountable. We, over, we basically go through their general orders, we go through some of the policy changes that are happening at the state level, and we try to see how you know, those policies are being reconciled. So to that end, over the last few years, we've put forth over 100 recommendations. Unfortunately, the city council has not acted on many of them, and that has created a lot of frustration with a lot of the members of this commission, the public. So we are trying to kind of turn a new, new page. We're trying a new process. We've all come together and decided that a lot of the recommendations, especially the ones that go back to 2018, might be a little stale given the changes that have happened in state law. So what we are doing, a small uh, group of us are working on all of the recommendations. We are standardizing the format that they're in, right? Putting them in an Excel spreadsheet, making sure that everybody, we're using all of the same type of um, documentation and what we're trying to do is prioritize them so that we can come back to you and say, from all of these uh, recommendations, we are prioritizing this number that we wanna move forward so that city council can actually make a change. But again, it's really gonna be really hard with new council members to take a look at over hundred recommendations to try to prioritize. So we're trying to do that for them. We're trying to work in collaboration with PD as well, but we are trying to get action on, on these recommendations so that we can start moving forward. So that is work that is happening already. We have a uh, a working group that is doing this now. So we will come back to you probably next, um, I think for next March, we're gonna come back to you and 
this upcoming March meeting and make sure that you understand how we are prioritizing some of this work, make sure that you understand some of the things that we're doing. Um, before I move forward, any other comments on this item in terms of the other commissioners that are working on the recommendations? Am I missing anything? Commissioner Guerrero? Uh, Madam Chair, I apologize because I know you and um, uh, Vice Chair Bliss and I um, um, uh, spoke about this earlier, uh, but um, it just occurred to me that we may want to add um, the 22, uh, 2022 recommendations to that um, list. Um, because we did put forward substantive recommendations. And the reason I do that is in particular, I wanna give credit you know, to SACPD. They adopted a transgender and gender non-conforming policy um, uh, uh, based on a lot of, they adopted a lot of the recommendations that we provided in 2022. And so there are probably some things there that uh, we wanna take a look at. And just to take a step back, I think part of this process, I think too, is to acknowledge what has been done and um, acknowledge that both the commission and SACPD, there's, there, um, while good work has been done and we have adopted some things like this major policy, we haven't been the best about um, reporting out those win-win um, kind of situations, those good policy adoptions. Um, and so I think adding 2022 will ensure that we you know, count on those items that have been adopted, including that major policy, and that we all acknowledge um, uh, uh, not just the commission's work, but SACPD's work on a number of items as we try to um, be clear on what work needs to still be done and what has actually been accomplished, because I think that's also part of that work. Before I move on, um, because I have to take a I have to take public comment first before we kind of get into the discussion among the commissioners. Um, Commissioner Bliss, is it is it to add on kind of the 2018-2021 recommendations item? Uh, yes, uh, wanted to you know just state like, yeah, I think it would be good for us to be able to like you know lift up and show um, what those initial like you know what those win-wins are like where those are at and right now we're still waiting to like you know kind of go through and review um what's been specifically updated within those yes we have been able to like identify some of those but it's been done oftentimes on our on ourselves and we're still waiting um to meet with the police departments around um to go through each of those recommendations year by year together so we can ensure that those are it and um there was something i was a request i was going to make um, towards the end, actually, it was actually going to be during the beginning um, when we usually have uh, SPD updates. But um, I noticed that there have been a few updates to general orders um, as recently as uh, January 17th, uh, 2023. Um, but the uh, police department has yet to notify the commission about this, uh, at least uh, not the chairs, uh, from my understanding, uh, unless you know, uh, have seen something uh, different, Chair uh, Castillo Crane. But um, one such update was uh, a, a general order 580.07, the duty to intercede, um, which was new to me and um, seemed to be coming in response actually um, to the Tyree Nichols um, uh, murder that, was ha that happened in Memphis, Tennessee. So I wanna be proactive as a measure and just see if um, we, uh, I would like to request uh, 
uh, for Sacramento Police Department or uh, the city manager's office to produce a list of all current general orders that have been updated between uh, January 1st, 2022 and February 13th, today, 2023. I do have um, a general order that I have to get out to you all and it is dealing with armored vehicles. So that's the one I have. So, um, and I don't think it's, it's, it doesn't seem to be an updated one. This is just an, a, um, their general order on armor vehicles, but I don't think it's an updated one. I will get it out to everyone. So before we move to Commissioner Carter, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Chair, I have no hands raised by members of the public to make comment on this item. Great, um, Commissioner Carter. Okay, since we're going to be prioritizing the 100 recommendations, what's going to happen to the recommendations that don't rise to the level of current priority? So that is one of the reasons we wanted to come back to the entire commission. So it will make it easier, especially for all of the new commissioners that have were not here during 2018 or 2019. So what we've been talking about in our small working group has been we have standardized all of them. They are now in Excel spreadsheet. They're all, they're all kind of using the same formatting. We wanna put that out there to the entire commission so you can see all of them. And then we wanna to explain to you why we're thinking of prioritizing certain ones, but really kind of that decision cannot be finalized until everybody kind of reviews that document and is in agreement with how we are con considering prioritizing those. Does that, does that answer your question? Commissioner? Well, is it mandatory that we prioritize or is it just a recommendation, you know, from the city so, council? Are they saying we absolutely have to prioritize our 100 recommendations that they have not voted on? No, the way that we are thinking about it is kind of moving sequentially through them because for, for them to try to kind of get through 100 and over 100 recommendations is going to be challenging. So what we're trying to figure out is some of them have already been, um, they're out of date because the general orders are out of date, right? For example, if we were looking at a general order, I'm just gonna say body-worn cameras, there might be an updated to a general order, even though the recommendations from 2018. So what we're trying to do right now is try to figure out from all of the recommendations we have, which ones are still current, which ones are, are issues that have been addressed by PD, and this is what Commissioner Bliss was talking about, we don't know what has been addressed by PD or not. We are still waiting to meet with them so we can go through recommendation and decide, oh, if they've already handled it, then we can say this one is already taken care of, right? And so through this process, our hope is that we're able to whittle down and have some recommendations that can move forward to city council that are updated, that we have basically let them know, here's what's going on with them, here's what we recommend that you do. So that's the idea, that's the process. We're trying to make sure that we make it as easy as possible for action to happen on the recommendations by council. I don't know, it seems like we're going in a circle. We don't put these 100 recommendations out there and now we got to go back and revisit them and you want to go back to SAC PD and ask them what have they done? And, and that's a whole process in and of it itself. Um, so mm -hmm. just my two cents, but thank you. Commissioner Bliss. Totally agree with you. I mean, the work has been done on our, like on our end and it's really uh, the ball is in uh, the police department's courts and we're still waiting for that, uh, 
that review of their general order policies to go through. We were told back as far back as um, November that you know it shouldn't take more than a month, if not more. Um, it is now in February, and we're still waiting to actually have that sit down um, with the commission or with the with the police department uh, to see where where we're at within those policies. But one thing that um, I wanted, like that I had tried to make clear last year um, when we, as we were talking about, you know, uh, the formulation of a work plan and these uh, uh, 115 recommendations is that this should not be the, like uh, the focus or the purview anymore of the, like of, uh, of commissioners uh, beyond the chair. Uh, specific, uh, you know, uh, of course, always welcome uh, commissioners um, who just have a, a passion and interest to make sure that this, uh, to see this through. But I think like this was something that we had originally intended to be um, the work of the chairs uh, for the commission, uh, uh, Chair Cassio uh, Krings and I, um, to make sure that that conversation continues forward and that there is a process uh, moving in place, which is why we've been working with you know, coordinating with the mayor's office and um, uh, the city manager's office and the police department um, in these conversations since um, as far back as November. But, um, and that's my intention uh, to make sure that this. Now, if an, a commissioner would like to still be a part of that, that com or would like to be a part of that conversation, uh, you know, such as uh, Commissioner Guerrero, um, more than welcome that. But really, I would, in, I don't think that it should be a, like, you know, the commissioners, uh, you all should not have to focus in on this. We've done the work. It is now the city and the police department's uh, job to actually show us what recommendations have been approved, why they have not, and then finally bring it to uh, the full city council for a vote. Commissioner Guerrero. I'm gonna slightly, you know, slightly disagree with uh, our vice chair just because um, you know, the, um, this is a good exercise, even though it's a frustrating one, and I'll acknowledge that it is very frustrating because you're, he's right, um, and um, our former vice chair, Renee Carter, is also right. I mean, we did a lot of work um, with the community um, in the various years to put these forward. Um, however, I think it is a good uh, use of our time to review the recommendations. Um, some... Um, the, some, for example, um, are no longer um, needed um, because they've either been accomplished or maybe there's been an updated recommendation that maybe goes a little bit further or changes a little bit. Um, also, just, you know, I mentioned 2022, right? And, um, uh, you know, the uh, SAC PD adopting a very strong um, policy when it when it comes to um, their interaction with transgender and gender nonconforming people, um, which by the way, uh, ACLU was involved, uh, as my understanding, um, LGBT Center, etc. So I mean, there's work, good work that would have been done. And, you know, I do think it's a partnership to ensure and a partnership for accountability's purposes to to um, to do this work. What do I mean by that? If we put forward a recommendation, and we're asking SACPD, for example, to confirm that they in fact did it. Well, we need to agree that they in fact did it, right? We need to compare things. <laughs> so um, I'm not just gonna take our word for it or their, or, or their word for it. It's, you know, you trust but verify kind of thing. So if this was the recommendation, they said they did it, show me where, where, you know, where it was done just to ensure, right? That there's accountability all the way around. So 
I think this one of this is a good exercise. I don't think this um, does away with you know the work that's been done, but um, I also think you know there is uh, something to be said about prioritizing. I'll give another example. You know, one of our recommendations has been to for the city council, not SAC PD, but for the city council to adopt a process by which they take up our recommendations. And that is so critical to all of our work, because if we don't have a clear process by which they're going to take our recommendations, then they're just going to be adding and adding and adding. And we're all going to continue to be frustrated. So I do think that there is some prioritization, some prioritization that would be good for everybody. Again, that doesn't mean that work that has that's been done isn't important, but it's an acknowledging that some things uh, maybe should come first <laughs> since they have limited time. We have limited time. But it doesn't in any way, shape, or form say that um, that uh, that those recommendations are not um, important or that they won't be taken off. It's just which one should we tackle first? That's the way I see it, anyway. I hope that makes sense, Vice yeah. Chair, because I, I think you know we agree. But I think you know a little tweak yeah. on I think. And I That's just want to kind of oh, go go ahead, go ahead, Commissioner Bliss. No, I was just going to say that does make sense. I did miss, uh, you know, naming that like we were going through, we were doing that review uh, together based on previous, like, you know, last year's uh, implementation ad hoc um, and trying to like, you know, prioritize that and identify the ones that have already been approved as like as well and, and bring those out. So, yeah, um, I think we're in alignment with that. Right. And, and I just want to kind of um, echo what Commissioner Guerrero said. At the end of the day, if you look at all of the work that we have done in this commission from 2018 on, every year our work product gets better, right? We learn, we kind of modify. And so originally some of the recommendations, for example, we're going back and making sure that we understand what are the impediments for us adopting them. Maybe some of them require actual elections, like the, the change of a city, the city charter. Just an example, right? We talked about having an independent auditor that is able to have subpoena power. Well, that would require a vote of the people in Sacramento. And so what we're trying to do is be very clear as to what the impediment might be, or is it a budgetary item? So what we're trying to go back and see, or is it just a change in the general order, which governs SPD policy? And what is that change? So we're trying to be very methodical. And some of them, if we're not able to explain on like why that change might be needed, it might be time for us to reconsider whether we want to move that recommendation forward or not. So that is the level of work that we are doing. And you're right, you know, we are trying to kind of make it easier because at the end of the day, none of us want to walk away from the work that was done by previous commissioners. We want to figure out how do we build on this? I understand there's frustration. We've done a lot of work. We don't want to continue to recreate the wheel, but we have an opportunity to kind of as Mario said, really build on transparency and accountability. So that's the goal of what we're trying to accomplish here. And again, I think both um, the vice chair and Commissioner Guerrero are willing to roll up their sleeves, revisit this work again, yet again. But we're hoping that by the end of this, we have actual recommendations that the city council can look and take an actual vote on. So that is that is the goal that we are trying to accomplish. So that is uh, that work is already underway. And we are hoping to continue to bring to you updates. And speaking of, um, we actually should have agendized for the March, um, for our March meeting, the 2022 recommendation. So you can see what we're moving forward as part of our annual report. So that is that. Okay, so let me move us then to the other, the two other items on here, which are the MEU policy and the um, SPD accountability and organizational culture. 
So let me start with the MEU because that is the one that is actually coming up sooner rather than later. As you all remember, in fact, even in this, this past couple of weeks, it's been um, the military equipment use policy. There was a piece of legislation at the state that require annual revision and annual basically adoption of this policy. Last year, it was adopted by city council in September, which means it's due in September, but my understanding is PD would like to take it in front of the council by July. So the work that we need to do has to happen between now and then before this policy is adopted. Last year, when the um, council ended up approving the policy, and when they approve the policy that authorizes the SPD to actually move forward and have funding and be able to actually buy a, a surplus equipment from federal government, and including, for example, the Rook that was recently approved by city council. If they do not have an approved policy by the city council, they cannot move forward and buy any of this equipment. So that's one of the reasons they, they, this has to be up in front of the council. They have to review, there's reporting, there's a lot of other um, accountability that is built in. One of the things that we were tasked to do by council was to create a public engagement process in collaboration with PD so that we can actually elevate, again, the voices of the community, try to figure out what changes they'd like to see and how do we incorporate them into the policy. So that is the level of work we need to do. Um, as you can see here, what we're trying to also accomplish is additional research. Are there other cities that are doing it better? Are there other police departments? As you can tell already, our meeting is still going. It is really difficult for us to really get into the details of policy during our annual, like our monthly meetings. So what we try to do is have all of you organize yourselves into groups that you want to kind of spend time doing, do the research during this time, the time that you are not in the commission. A lot of times you end up reaching out to ACLU or other organizations that you want to hear from other cities, do research projects, read reports, you know, basically help inform the commission how we are gonna update this policy and the recommendations. So that's kind of, all of that happens outside of the commission meetings. You come back and talk to us about this. So that is the, the goal. So MEU policy is one of the big areas that we wanna focus on this year. We anticipate the bulk of the work is gonna happen between now and July. So that's one. The other policy area that we wanna work on is um, SPD accountability and organizational culture. And this one um, has been, an issue that we've been trying to work on. So OPSA has been following a little more kind of all of the complaints that are logged by PD. They also try to review whether the complaints have merit or not. One of the things that constantly comes up in the report is a, that there is a lot of, there's a level of discourtesy that um, a lot of the citizens and a lot of people here in Sacramento feel from PD. And it's, it's just that from the way I kind of just say it is, Customer service is poor. This is something that PD, the chief herself, has brought up and said, I need to figure, I need help changing that. And that is a cultural shift, right? At the end of the day, people, when you when you call somewhere, sometimes it's not the issue. It's like if you are gonna call and you're gonna be dealing with a frustrated um, issue, if you are treated poorly, you're gonna remember that. You're gonna remember the fact that they were not, they were rude, they were disrespectful. But if you have a really positive, you know, experience, you call, you know. Something happens with any service that you have, you name it, you have a good experience, you're probably gonna have a better conversation. You're gonna start building that rapport and trust. And so that's what we're trying to change. If we can change just the interaction people are having, just basic courtesy, 
how do we change that? What is What are the best practices that we can start kind of looking into to try to change that? So that is one of the areas that we want to look into and also um, start looking at other items that keep coming up. For example, the search and seizure. Unfortunately, PD does not have a standalone policy on that. So we want to kind of kind of uh, recommend what the best practices might be in that area. So there's a couple of items there that uh, I think this group would research and do research and outreach. And that, that group would focus specifically on that. Now, one of the other things that we are trying to do is once, if we all agree that these are the areas of policy that we are gonna work on in 2023, the idea is to also work with PD about um, what kind of, uh, what kind of information we need from them and, and by when. Right? That's the other thing that we want to make sure. Again, we don't want to inundate them with tons of uh, requests, but if we focus our requests on these items and we all agree on a timeline, then we should not be waiting a year, two years, or three years to get this information. The idea is that we all agree on this work product. We are going to work on trying to get some recommendations for council by the end of this year. Therefore, they're going to help us by providing that information in a timely manner. So that's kind of what we're trying to do by organizing ourselves with these policy areas. I'm gonna stop right there. I've been talking a lot. Any questions, thoughts from other commissioners? Commissioner Guerrero. Madam Chair, I would just like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, suggest uh, including the uh, 22 um, year um, to the, that third proposal, but otherwise this sounds like a, a very solid plan. And I just want folks to know, I mean, this each one of these is quite substantive. So um, yeah, it, it's a lot of work. So I, I appreciate the work that uh, 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 yourself and the vice chair have put into it and I support the, the work plan with that addition. And I'm sorry, you cut out for me a little bit. Can you say the, the addition again? The addition is to um, the review of the um, recommendations to add year 2022. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, any other questions, thoughts? Commissioner Carter. Yes. Um, I don't know if you can answer this question, but okay. If we vote to move forward with our 2023 work plan and we work on those items and we put forth additional recommendations, what, if anything, is going to be different? Because we put forth recommendations every year and they're sitting at the city council. So has there been some discussion with the city council that they're going to miraculously do something different this go round, and we're going to give them these additional recommendations on top of the 100 that's gonna be cleaned up. Um, so my question is, what's gonna be different? So Commissioner Carter, I have to say what is different, this does seem different. The mayor has actually taken a lot of interest in trying to get this commission to function better. I think he's frustrated about the level of, just he's been honestly frustrated at the fact that we are not have not been able to work in collaboration with PDS he wanted. So he's been engaging much more clearly or much more closely with us. And he has asked that we organize ourselves. He actually also asked that for a timeline for this work to happen and the timeline will be approved by PPE. Again, as a as a way of creating accountability. And not just accountability for the commission, but accountability for PD as well. So I am hopeful that through the work with the mayor's office that we can actually get recommendations that can move through the council process 
much more quickly than the previous one. Commissioner Bliss, I saw your hand go up. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, what, like piggybacking onto that, I mean, one of the things that we are have been also talking about and raising uh, with conversations with the mayor is around the like the the formal process for going through our recommendations, um, which include you know like having that written process in place so that we are going through what you know is now required in the rules of procedure that it goes through uh, the uh, personnel and public employees committee and whatnot. Um, we of course have the model language already put in place through our recommendations. There was also a joint letter last August um, uh, from seven, like that was uh, you know agreed upon with seven different uh, boards, commissions and committees uh, in the city that has that language in place. And we're hoping that um, the new PMPE committee uh, membership will take these recommendations up in the, um, uh, during the new year. Um, that's the ultimate goal. And that's something that I believe we as commissioners can also advocate for um, to make sure that we are like, uh, that this process is getting approved. Uh, you know, we do have a formal process going in place in, a, in tandem with our review of the 115 recommendations plus 2022 recommendations. And from uh, what I can gather, it sounds like uh, the mayor and uh, certain members of city council are committed to doing just that. And it's on us to really uh, uh, to hold them accountable uh, to what they're saying to us. So uh, the PMP committee is gonna be meeting, uh, from my understanding, it still meets every third Tuesday of the month at 3 p.m. Uh, so I would encourage those of us on the commission that um, wanna see this recommendation process approved, we can call into that and also encourage members of the public. Thank you. Great. So with that, this, uh, any other member of the public wishing to speak on this item? Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comment on this item. Any other uh, commissioner wishing to ask a question or have a comment on this work plan? Okay, seeing none. Um, do I have a motion to approve that this in, this is going to be the work we do for 2023? Commissioner Guerrero. So moved with the amendment uh, to the third Thank one, uh, item. <laughs> Thank Sorry you, Commissioner Guerrero. No, no, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Do I have a second with the addition of 2022? Commissioner Carter Martinez, thank you so much. Um, with that, clerk, can you please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. So I have a, a motion by Com um, Commissioner Guerrero and a second by Carter Martinez. Is that accurate? Thank you. Yes. Commissioner Bliss? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Abstain. Commissioner Carter Martinez? Aye. Commissioner Salazar? Yes. Commissioner Guerrero? Aye. Commissioner Marion is absent. Commissioner Aye. Oh, Commissioner Marion did join us. And how do you vote? Aye. And Chair Castillo Kring? Aye. That motion passes. And I have a quick question for you. Thank you so much, uh, Mindy. Now, um, just to make sure that we organize ourselves, 
do I have volunteers for any of the work that you want to do for either one, either the MEU or the SPD? Commissioner Carter Martinez? Is SPD the accountability and organizational culture? Yes. I would to volunteer for that. Great. So I'm going to put you there. Any other volunteers? If not, I will call you offline. Uh, Commissioner Guerrero. I just want to confirm that I will continue on with the um, implementation 2018-2022 recommendations. Thank you. Any other volunteers? Uh, just to also confirm that I will volunteer for all three um, uh, bodies to work on. Okay, great. Um, and I will go ahead and follow up with uh, the rest of the commissioners, unless I have other volunteers. Great. Um, with that, it seems we actually are now to our commissioner comments, ideas and questions portion of the agenda. Commissioner Guerrero. I just wanted to uh, do two things. First, I wanted to add my welcome to uh, Commissioner Carter Martinez. I'm a member of uh, CFA and AFT, so uh, unions definitely uh, support unions and their support of this work too, by the way, because many have um, joined in at the various levels and supported this kind of policy uh, reform. Um, and uh, I also just wanted to make sure that uh, the request for the uh, item on the log, I wanted to reiterate it. Um, I'd like to request SACPD um, to share with us how training has changed since the adoption of the higher standard for um, use of lethal force and uh, to be inclusive of any materials that they have changed um, so that we can uh, view. And specifically, I wanna know what the change is, right? We had a previous policy. It was a certain training materials. I wanna know what the change was um, to um, once the new policy was adopted, if possible. Um, and uh, that is all I have. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Bliss. Appreciate that. And also want to welcome our newest commissioner, um, Commissioner Car uh, Kim Carter-Martinez. Um, really looking forward to working with you on uh, our respective uh, groups and um, want to be a resource for you and every other commissioner that is relatively new um, uh, to this body. Uh, uh, feel free to reach out to us as chairs um, and don't hesitate to be in touch as well with um, uh, city staff on, on that uh, issue as well, but we can uh, definitely support you in this role. Um, I actually have a bit of a, 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 long, a long comment uh, that I want to make. So I want to actually uh, make space for Commissioner uh, Carter Martinez to go first before I go. Uh, thank you. Um, I want to add that I am also interested in serving on the military equipment uh, working group. And um, I want to thank everyone for the warm welcomes. And it's not lost on me what an important time it is to be involved in a commission like this. Um, both nationally, there's discussion on how do we hold police more accountable and um, make changes to police departments so that they're serving the communities that we live in. And in Sacramento, there's certainly discussion on that. And I feel honored that I get to be a part of that discussion and serve with all of you. So I 
thank you for the welcome. Um, I take this role seriously. I hold the responsibility in my heart um, and I'm honored to serve. So thank you for welcoming me. Thank you. Commissioner Bliss. Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Carter Martinez and uh, Chair Garcia Krings. Um, I wanted to uh, use this time to talk through a bit of uh, what many members of the public have been raising concerns about and um, is related directly to this commission, which is the recent approval of um, the uh, like of the city council for the um, armored vehicle, the um, multi-terrain loader or AKA Rook. Um, there's been a lot of uh, community pushback and uh, concerns and honestly rightful anger that comes from um, that decision there uh, during that uh, vote back in um, or uh, just a couple of weeks ago, it was there were over 150 comments uh, that were written to the city council, as well as over 20 public speakers uh, that were given, including myself as an individual commissioner um, that expressed opposition to the purchase of this vehicle uh, uh, under the, you know, for several reasons, um, all of which, uh, the majority of which, all but four, um, appear to actually express support for this. One of those being uh, the Sacramento Police Officers Association uh, President Tim Davis. Um, but the overwhelming majority of public sentiment um, that was publicly expressed was in opposition to this, and unfortunately, it was still approved in a vote of seven to two. Um, so I wanted to take this time really to talk through, you know, um, what many members of the community. Uh, don't have, like, may have not had time to actually go through and really determine, you know, what is the rook and, you know, why is this so important? So um, for those of you that don't follow these issues as closely um, as the commission does, the rook is a type of armored vehicle that's categorized as military equipment governed under California state laws, new AB 481, which is now government code section 770 or 7070 and SPD's general order 410.06. Now, AB 481 is very clear that the purchase and use of all military equipment must meet all four of the following requirements uh, within its policy. First being that the military equipment is necessary because there is no reasonable alternative that can achieve the same objective of officer and civilian safety. Uh, two, that the proposed use of, uh, of military equipment will safeguard the public's welfare, safety, civil rights, and civil liberties. Three, that purchasing the equipment is reasonably cost-effective compared to al available alternatives that can achieve the same objective of officer and civilian safety. Four, that prior military equipment use complied with the military equipment use policy in effect at the time, or if prior use did not comply, corrective action has been taken to remedy uh, non-conforming uses and ensure future compliance. Now, Vice Chair, um, if, if I may have point of order, may I ask the city attorney if we need to agendize this item that's, so that you can have a rich discussion about it? This is not a topic that's on our agenda tonight. As long as the commissioner is just limiting his comments <clears throat> to just comments and it's not a back and forth. Um, and so the co uh, commissioners don't engage and um, try to have a discussion on it. He can make his comments and it can be agendized for a discussion at a, another meeting. Thank you, Ms. Anderson-White. I appreciate that clarification and uh, would encourage us to, if we are so, like, if we are so moved from this uh, discussion that we uh, want to agendize this uh, at a later date. 
happy to go through that. But there have been a number of different um, public comments that have been made um, from, like, you know, by city council, as well as um, the city manager and police departments that I think deserve to be corrected and also like stated uh, very clearly from our perspective as the commission. And one of those being, you know, um, is the Rook a tank? And according to the city, they believe that the weaponry makes the tank different, like makes the, the Rook different from just a tank, which is generally defined, you know, as an armored fighting vehicle uh, that has mounted weaponry, um, uh, you know, bipedal tank treads and ballistic arm protection. Now, it's a fair point, uh, I believe, that it is not exactly a tank. It's not literally a tank, but it is definitely tank-like, given that one is still on bipedal tread, um, two is uh, provides ballistic protection, and three, the weaponry, while not being mounted on the uh, vehicle itself, is still um, positioned in, uh, through portholes on the uh, 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 on the devices where uh, the uh, up to three officers are able to stand uh, with weapons pointing outward. So that is just a semantic argument, um, and for, like. And we have to also understand that community members like, you know, that are following this and seeing this out in the field are not experts. So what do we think, like, what do they think when they see that? Of course, they're gonna think it's a tank, either like regardless of what the description may actually be. So I know because like, I, I know that because I have uh, several members and friends of the community who have experienced uh, and, and said like, you know, uh, seeing this being used and said those things while it was being used. Um, so I think it's really important that we are making like that distinction that it is not like, you know, beyond the semantic arguments for the public's purposes, it oftentimes appears as though it is a tank, regardless of what the city or the police department may think. Second, we're, uh, we also heard uh, claims from the police department that the Rook's purpose is entirely for defensive use only. And the general order states it is to provide ballistic protection in indoor and outdoor environments, rescue platforms for elevated structure rescue, and rough terrain environments where certain equipment would be limited. The city also claims that the police department already has specific guidelines and policies under general order 580.18, uh, which um, is the deployment of armored vehicles, which I believe, uh, Chair, uh, you had referenced uh, as receiving for earlier. That policy was last updated in June 2018. Um, in but um, the rules state armored vehicles shall not be used for routine patrol or day-to-day -day operations. Their use may only be authorized by a watch commander. Use must be based on, on specific circumstances of a critical incident. Critical incidents must involve actual threatened or suspected violence related to loss of life or serious bodily injury. And they have emphatically claimed during that presentation that this armored vehicle is not intended for use in response to pro like to First Amendment uh, activities like such as protests or homeless encampment cleanups. Um, but here's the fundamental problem right here. Claiming that it doesn't actually make policy, like, uh, claiming that it doesn't do these things doesn't actually make it policy if it's not written. So while the current MEU policy references the armored vehicle um, uses and purpose, it does not clearly state uh, the general order number that it's featured under, nor does it clearly state the limits where it cannot be used, which is a recommendation the commission made uh, last year during the military equipment use conversation, as well as, uh, from my understanding, it was um, directed by city council to include those directions. You know, I'm providing this information just as a means to make sure the public is updated on this. But um, it was also during that presentation um, that, or it was also during last year's presentation, which happened on September 13th, 2022, when the military equipment use policy was uh, approved, that um, uh, the chief, or Chief Lester identified that demonstrations during the summer of 2020 
constituted an emergency situation that warranted purchasing, like, you know, where um, that also included, you know, uh, beyond just that, which is currently stated as one of the uh, potential purposes um, for use under uh, the Rook policy and under armored vehicle policy. So from my understanding from the Rook's approval, the council has directed that such uh, limits for where it cannot be used be clearly stated in the policy going forward, which is in line with one of our recommendations. And I hope that it is applied to all of the military equipment use policies going forward. But until such time as General Order 410.06 is updated, which has not been publicly updated after its approval in September 2022, the claims being made by the city are, are, open, are still open to broad interpretations by the police department. And it forces us to take them at their word, which many community members, uh, as I observed, did not, uh, like, do not feel that is enough. Now, does, uh, does the police department actually need the rook? Now, this actually takes us into something that I had sp uh, publicly spoken about um, during this, which was that it's my belief as a, like, as a commissioner that has been reviewing this policy and following this policy for more than a year now, that it does not actually meet requirements one or, th or requirements number one or three of AB 481. Um, as it was mentioned before, SAC PD already has access to a rook through the Sacramento Sheriff's Office, which can be deployed with simple phone call, and which would not be at risk given the recent joint statement and touted partnership between Sacramento Police Department and the Sheriff's Department under the leadership of Sheriff Jim Cooper. Additionally, the Police Department provided uh, no data on how many situations required the rook's deployment beyond uh, the 13 incidents uh, that it had named as it was being used since uh, as far back as 2019. Now, in the annual report policy that was uh, that was approved uh, back in September uh, for 2021, there were 79 incidents uh, where armored vehicles were reported. However, that policy did not distinguish between the crisis incidents, training, or community engagement uses. Um, so, and, and it was also further revealed. I'm sorry, I don't mean to inter uh, interrupt. Um, you can make your comments, but typically this area is for brief comments, and I know that's vague, <laughs> but um, it's not it's not really for lengthy and robust commentary. And I'm sorry if I didn't make that uh, clear the first time. I apologize for that. I hear that, and it it it, it is vague, and I understand that I am using up a, 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 a amount of a good amount of time. Um, to try and go through and make sure that these, uh, you know, these observations are included within the public record. Um, is it prohibited for me to uh, continue on or is there a set time limit for me to continue on? Not to my knowledge, but uh, Mindy, if there's something in council rules that I might have missed since it's been updated, I just Commissioner, before we, com we Commissioner uh, Guerrero, you have a comment and then maybe we should agendize this item. I was just going to agree, Kian, I hear you and I actually am very interested, but I, I feel like it's uh, being a little bit rushed. And if we are, if the whole purpose is really to update um, not just uh, the public as well as the commission, because I need some updating on this as well. You've certainly, you and, and I think um, uh, the chair have taken a, a lead on this issue. I would want to agendize it to go over in, you know, in a more methodical like process where we can ask you questions and we can't ask you questions right now. So I'm just going to say that um, yeah. but I do appreciate your comments um, and I do want to hear more. And Commissioner, I think it would also be helpful, especially for as as you're citing some of the general orders for us to be able to have them in front of us so that we can see the language that you're referring to. I think this and this kind of ties into the work the MEU um, we're going to be doing anyway. So I think that would be prudent for us to agendize 
make sure that all of us have uh, the general orders that you're referencing in front of us so that we can have a full discussion about this. Heard. Um, I appreciate that. And uh, I will uh, definitely, uh, I am requesting uh, that we agendize uh, this item um, for our uh, March meeting if uh, that is, uh, if that is okay with uh, with my fellow commissioners. Great, I'm making a note um, that, that that will be part of our, our March agenda. Any other comments uh, from other commissioners? Great, now then our last item is public comments and matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak? Chair, on this item. Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comment for matters not on the agenda. Great. Um, so with that, I think we now have, we've reached the end of our agenda. So thank you everyone for participating. Um, I think we already started to have a robust discussion of what's gonna be on our next one for March. So stay tuned. And with that, meeting adjourned. Thank you everyone. <laughs>